BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Game number four goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. Final score, 118 to 103 after leading by two at halftime matthew uh the phoenix suns get boat raced in the second half plain and simple they give up 35 points in the third quarter 34 points in the fourth quarter and lose by 15 yep you play like trash get treated like trash that's basically what happened a lazy slow old maybe if you want to throw that stuff around i don't know the suns got they mentally they were abused tonight they couldn't handle themselves at all chris paul all of a Monty, that, that technical at the end was well-deserved. I think he needed to yell at the refs, and I knew that yeah. was coming. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, mentally the Suns weren't there. They were really lazy on some passes. Jay Crowder's impound passes over and over again, just getting stolen. Like, do they have the energy? Do they have the focus to keep up with this team? I don't know. I Honestly, yeah. I don't know. Right now, I don't know. I know it's a new game next game, but right now I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, this was your classic, the opposition's going to try to get under your skin. And you let them. You let them. Yeah. I mean, plain, plain and simple, you let them. You let. Uh, I'll talk about it. Yeah. I'm. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. It's not that we lost. It's the way that we lost. I think that that's mm-hmm. what's the most frustrating thing to me. If you lose this game by five points, if three points, you know, a great Brandon Ingram performance, you can sit there and go, okay, well, shit, you know, like it was close. But I mean, there were there were so many things that need work that it's just unbelievably frustrating. And this is a team that has been mentally strong for two seasons now. Two seasons they've been mentally strong. And to see them collapse the way they do, to let Jose Alvarado get under your skin the way that that Chris Paul let him happen, you know, it's just, they're winning. They're winning. It's it's 2-2, and I know. We, we, We say it time and again. Whenever you win, you feel like you'll never lose. And whenever you lose, you feel like you never win. You know, I, I still feel like we'll win. But we have some fucking work to do, and we got a long way to go if we want to hit that. Because now it's a best of three series, and we might have home court advantage, but that don't mean shit if you can't beat the other team. No, that don't mean shit. Home court does not matter. You got that momentum, you got that hustle, the energy the Suns don't have on the court. There's no way to beat that. There's really yeah. not. And at half, I don't know how we were up by two. And uh, yeah, but anyways, we'll get into it. We'll get into <laughs> it. Welcome, Jamsters, sure. to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Darth Voida. He's uh, Matthew Lissy. <laughs> and if you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter, you can join us for our halftime Twitter spaces, which Matthew and I hosted again tonight. And we talked about what we saw at that point in the game when the team was up by two. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a thumbs up if you happen to be watching along live on Twitter. I'm going to pop a beer. It's pop.
118-103. Suns just didn't look like the Phoenix Suns, man. Just didn't look like the Phoenix Suns in any way, shape, or form. Which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. You worried? Yeah, you know, first off, the disrespect in the podcast where I didn't get to pop open a beer with you. You know, <laughs> you can pop it open now. It's, it's already popped. You guys get frustrated, no. John, tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely worried. What I what I mentioned before, just low or slazy. Yeah, I guess they're slazy. slazy. They're slow and, slow and lazy. That's the Suns right now. <laughs> um, you know, they just played really weak. Um, you know, Booker is out, but we still thought this would be a series that would be tough, but the Suns would win. And at halftime, I said, if this is five, six, seven games, it doesn't matter. It's still just the Suns need to pull it out somehow. And Every loss does hurt. It really does. But then you also think like next time there might be some adjustments. But I don't know how you adjust against the energy that they have on this team where Mikhail Bridges even looks so lost offensively. Uh, Ingram, he's getting some tough shots off. Yeah, but he's also yes. getting to his spots still. He's still yes. getting to his spots. And they may, they may look like difficult shots, but they're easy for him. Uh, down low in the paint, <laughs> just brutal. It, it is really brutal. Uh, the free throws is a thing, which I'm always a believer where – the Suns don't draw the count, the contact. They don't force the issue. Yeah. So they're not going to get the foul calls. And as the Pelicans keep building those those foul calls, then they're going to get more and more calls throughout the game. And the Suns have nothing to do. They they, they have nothing to match really right now with what the Pelicans are bringing. Um, I don't know. I mean, just go ahead and start. Where you no, start where, where should we here. start? Because you hit on like seven things right there. It's like Brandon Ingram. I, that's, how, that's how the gross refs. Just like, uh, we we, just we like don't have any counter. Just like seven guys the coming kill. off the bench that you want to count on, like we counted on all year long, that just don't show up, really. So let's start there. Okay, let's start there. Let's start with the lack of execution by anybody on this team outside of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, right? I mean, you look at the stat line, uh, you get the final box score up, and, and you see that Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton tonight uh, combined for a total of 23 plus four points, 27 points. 27 points, four from Chris Paul, right? You got 11 from Crowder. Uh, you got 13 from Cam Johnson, you know, 14 from McGee off the bench. But everybody else is just kind of, you know, seven here, seven here, eight there. It's just, I didn't think we'd be this lost without Devin Booker, man. But you see it when the, the Suns need a shot. Because what the Pelicans have is they have two guys who in any situation they can get them the ball and they can at least put up a shot that you have faith that it's going to go in, right? They, the Suns don't have that. They have CP3, and that's not the role he plays. He sets everybody up. And with Devin Booker out there, it they become tertiary players, you know, the Mikhail Bridges, the Cam Johnsons, because of the defense that has to be uh, the, the gravity that Devin Booker creates. And we don't have that at all. And you see it. I mean, that stretch that killed us in the fourth quarter where we just couldn't score we just couldn't score we were stuck on 85 it felt like for 20 fucking minutes because they just couldn't score okay so you have, you have that side of it right to where the help and, and again you know at the end of the day we leave new orleans and it's and and it's it's game four right there's three games left and technically we're the better team technically uh we're not playing by the like the better team we haven't played like the better team this entire series that's a fact that's a fact game one uh, we played a great first half and then blew it. 
and you know held on and won. Game two, we got ass blasted. Game three, we had a held on again, barely won that one. Game four, we got mm-hmm. ass blasted twice. And all we're doing, all the Phoenix Suns are doing, is putting doubt in the minds of everybody across the entire nation as to how great this team was in the regular season. It's giving, it, it, it's feeding the fuel, it, it's fueling the fire, feeding the fuel in the fire of any narrative that the Phoenix Suns were frauds during this season. And I'll tell you, I, I, I can understand why people are saying that. I can say, I don't think they are in any way, shape, or form. But the loss of Devin Booker against a team that is being play that is playing physical, and this is where I'm going to go into the ref rant. So I'm going to allow you to say a couple things, and I'm going to go off. Uh, but a team when you play against a team that has high energy and is allowed to play physical, and you are not allowed to play physical. Now, granted, mm-hmm. you're right, Matthew. The Suns weren't seeking out contact in this game. They don't really seek out contact, right? That's not really who they are. They're the they take the 27th most free throw attempts in the NBA. But there's other fouls. There's other types of fouls that can occur in a game. And like Jose Alvarado body bagging Chris Paul for three quarters of the court, that's a foul. You can't impede his progress by just standing there and then throwing your hands up and jumping into him and then backing off. Yeah. So you, you, you could talk a little bit about that. Before I do, I do want to give a shout out to the Super Chat. $10 uh, from An- Andrew Yang. He says, tough one. We were doing fine for three quarters. I know the three-point shooting wasn't strong but we had a chance to change that in the fourth quarter until CP3 technical foul turnover next game will clear our heads. Thank you for the donation. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. Now I feel better. <laughs> I feel a lot better now. Uh, yeah, getting our ass blasted, a great way to put it. You just got to hold on the series while getting ass blasted. I hope we can get those wins because when Booker is out, it, it's just it's a thing where you have to make sure that you win these close games. When they're in the ha- when it's at halftime, you're only up by two. You have to make sure you keep it close, right? And then when they lose it mentally, that's when the Pelicans can get under your skin. They do, and you haven't seen it all year. You haven't seen the Suns blow it like that all year long. So that's something they have to learn from. Even though the losses are hard to learn from, you learn from this one. And if you don't agree with the refing, that's fine. Uh, the thing is with the rest, you'll do your rant. The thing is, so every time the Suns go up for a board, every time they're trying to grab the board, they're getting over the backs a lot. Oh, yeah. They're getting their hands hit no matter what they're doing, and they don't draw the contact offensively. That's fine. But when the Suns try to make a, a play defensively, like the Crowder play where he had the tip pass, another runaway dunk for him after getting the, the turnover before, yeah. those are plays you let go. That's not a foul. That's that's playoff basketball. It's physical yeah. basketball. He got his hand on the ball, and it was jarred loose. But you have to – you have to, the rest have to look at the boards, dude. They Whatever happened to Chris Paul, too, on that one where he got, he got shell-shocked by uh, – by Jones on herb that Jones. one. Herb Jones, uh, yeah. Yeah, Herb Jones nailed he Jackson, him before. He Jackson, like Jackson Hayes. Same exact thing. And you can see how Herb Jones, too, he's getting annoyed with Chris Paul. Everyone hates Chris Paul, right? No mm-hmm. respect from the rookies at all, which is fine. I don't care as long as the Suns win this. But those plays like that, the refs aren't even looking at those ones, and the refs aren't looking at the way the Suns, anytime they're trying to grab the board, they are getting clobbered. It's yes. like give them a chance to get the ball because – the Suns don't. The Suns don't. And the Suns will lose the ball because they're getting fouled all the time. And that's the one thing that drives me nuts. So entering this series in the regular season, the New Orleans Pelicans took the sixth most free throw attempts in the NBA. I mean, that's that's what they do. They get to the line, right? So I understand that. They have the seventh most steals. They have the third most offensive rebounds. So what those metrics tell you is this is a pesky team that knows how to play physical, play fast, and get to the foul line as a result. You know that coming into the series. 
But to your point, the, uh, the physicality that's being allowed for one team is utterly ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. It's, again, as I mentioned, you have all these different situations in which you can see the Pelicans being allowed to play physical. Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones, body checking Chris Paul the entire time. Yeah. Hand checks, reach-ins. Every time he goes, when, when Chris Paul's got the ball on his right and he's dribbling it and he reaches across his body to try to hit it and he's, and he's impeding his progress at the same time, that's a fucking foul. It's always been a foul. Just because you do it every play, doesn't it's like, well, you know, they do it every play, so I guess it's not a foul because that's just how they play. They have so much heart. They hustle so much. No, they don't. They foul That's every so play. Cute. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's a, it's an adorable little Jose Alvarado out there. He tries so hard. He tries so hard. Like, he made it. It's like he's fouling him. You know, he, he gets an eight-second uh, uh, violation on Chris Paul because he fouls him three times coming up the court, and he's impeding his progress. You got to let the guy get progress. And to your point, on the boards, anytime anybody goes up, you've got Jonas Valanciunas throwing his body over people. Larry Nance throwing his body over people, getting their elbows in their heads, moving their heads away from, you know, and your body's going to go where your head goes, right? So they're moving them off the boards that way. And then the moving screens. Jonas Valanciunas finally got called for a moving screen when he dipped his shoulder into Jay Crowder's jaw. Yeah, Jay Crowder had to go into his shoulder. He had to sell that, take one for the team just to get a foul. Just to get a foul call. That's a foul every day and twice on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Between Jonas Valanciunas and Larry Nance, they both set these these picks where they're standing to do a pick, and as the defenders come, they lean that way. They lean into the pick. That's called a moving screen. That's what the, that's an illegal pick. You can't do that. If you're just standing there and the guy runs into you, that's a legal screen. But if you're leaning into the defender to try to knock him off of his his, his route, his route, his route, Canadian route, route. <laughs> his, his Canadian route, then that's a foul. And again, the reason Sun's Twitter's probably on fire right now, and I haven't checked it because I've been ranting, but the reason it's on fire is because the three, the free throw in this, this ga- disparity in this game was 42 to 15. That's the Phoenix Suns were outscored by 22 points from the line and lost by 15. 22 points at the line. And that's been the norm in this. And I know I, I forget who it is on Twitter, and I should know this because it, it, every the, the guy was just copying and pasting his response on everything he could. He was saying that the Phoenix Suns are the only team this entire playoff run who has not had more free throw attempts than the opposition in at least one game. Every game, we are losing the free throw battle. Every game. You throw in the fact that this team did out-rebound us again, and it's just a recipe to where it's like, how do you solve a puzzle when you're not being allowed to even try to play the game? And it's a foul for the Pelicans, no matter what angle they take to the basket. You knew the whistle was coming. You know, the second chance points, maybe they weren't there. The rebounding was fine. But it was just like any time the Pelicans did miss a shot, it was a foul. Anytime they missed it, they would grab the board or else get a turnover the next possession from the Suns. Um, but yeah, like that, the free throws were the difference. Because if you look at the free, the field goal percentage, 50% from the Suns, 47 from the Pelicans, and then 25% from both teams on three points. So you can't say, like, Suns yeah. weren't making their threes. But yeah, the Suns should be making their threes. They're wide open. Chris Paul's missing wide open shots. Sham it again. Uh, Cameron Johnson did a little bit better. They're still just wide open shots. They're still getting good looks. They just, nothing will go in for them. So they should be dominating those percentages. But then when you have the free throw disparity, that's just the game. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's up to the refs really to call these games and make sure that the Pelicans win. 
And I'm not taking anything away from the public because they play really tough. It's really hard to watch. But when that happens, man, I just I never seen this before, even from a guy who doesn't care about the refs and the and the officiating and the Suns will win no matter what. Who cares about free throws? This is something that the league has to look at. There has to be something to where they can just say, hey, let these guys play. Like the Suns are in their playoff mode. They have this young team coming after them. They have to play rough and tough. These guys think they can walk all over the Suns. So the Suns have to make a statement somehow by playing a little bit tough, trying to force the turnovers, getting in between screens. So the rest have to let these things go. Otherwise, the Suns are going to get trampled on because they can't do anything. And DA has complained all the time, too, where he's trying to get the boards, but he's just getting nailed all the time. He can't do anything down there. And that's been the thing with DA. When he plays aggressive, we talk about it all the time. When he plays aggressive, then he gets the fouls called on him all the time. So he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't want to get in foul trouble. Booker's not playing, so you can't get rid of DA. Otherwise, where would you, where would you go? Well, what was interesting is the first quarter of this game, I felt like the referees were letting them play. It was physical on both sides, and I noted that in my in my notes. That's where I note things. But it was just that. It was, okay, at least it's not being called one way or the other because at the end of one quarter, the – although the Suns didn't have a free throw attempt, the Pelicans only had four. So I was like, okay, you know, I just, you know, five, the, the Suns did have five fouls to the Pelicans one, but I felt like for the most part, it was being called as an even game. And it was, it wasn't until the second quarter that all of a sudden the whistles were just like, you know, it's almost like the referees before the game, you know, they, they hear some of that attention. It's like, listen, take a look at this, the free throw disparity. I think the Pelicans are plus 11 thus far in the series entering game four. It's like, you know, this has got to be even, okay? It can't be just one team constantly just beating the shit out of the other team. So for the first quarter, they're like, yeah, you're right. Okay, we'll just let it play. And by the second quarter, they're just, they let that crowd get involved. They let that crowd start yeah, to dictate yeah, some of their decisions. You know, they did. You know, there's that one play where uh, Brandon Ingram goes flailing to try to get a ball out of bounds. And you look at the replay and like, did Jay Crowder touch him? Yes. Did he push him? He no. He touches back. Yeah, he, yeah, he touched touches his back. back. He so didn't push him. And plus whereas, Jay, whereas, that was tipped too. So yeah, it was tipped. It was going to be out on New Orleans. That's why he's going for the ball. He just had his hand on his hip or on his back. He wasn't in a pushing manner. He was just kind of there. Yet on the other side, Chris Paul's getting body checked like a hockey player by Herb Jones because Herb Jones is pissed at him. You could see it on the play because yeah, Chris Paul gets under him a little bit, and then he's upset with it. So you know, after he kind of looks at the ref, the ref doesn't call anything. So he grows and just body checks him. The ref's like, "I will look the other way, sir. <laughs> I see nothing." I call nothing because there's somebody in the front row who keeps spilling beverages and I don't want to upset them. Yeah. And I've never seen a crowd really sway a lot of calls to like tonight. Where, I have, but like, yeah, this was pretty it, it was, impressive it was, there. It was pretty depressing. And um, I don't, I, I just think the thing is with the rookies too. I don't, I don't know. The rookies are just, they're getting away with a lot. And yeah. as much as we want to root for them, the respect we want to give them, like this is not how it should be officiated. And it's, I don't know if this is a Suns thing or what, but the Suns always have these players that are superstars that just cannot get calls. They can't. It always goes the other way against them. And I've never seen this before. And I, I just want the Suns to win a chip so I can stop watching basketball because yeah. I'm sick of talking about <laughs> officiating and just relying on the officiating for the Suns to get a win or something like this is ridiculous. This is not. And like you brought up the first quarter, the way it was called mm -hmm. should have been the whole game. Why does it change? Just tell me why does the officiating change quarter to quarter game to game? Call the fucking game the way it's supposed to be called, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why it's because always human way. error always wanna, gets in the way. I want to get that's away from the all issue this. because the, I want to get away from the, whole the, the referees allow 
their emotions to start to dictate their actions. And when you have Jay Crowder out there, you know, barking at the crowd, everybody's barking back at him. And then, you know, a call will happen and he'll bark at the official. Then the emotion, it it gets involved. And we've always seen this with Devin Booker because Devin Booker has a way about him to where he can get under the referee's skin simply by shooting them a look. And it hurts their feelings. And once their feelings are hurt, then, you know, that was crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's Aaron all it holiday, is. The little yeah. flex. Technical. Yeah. What technical. The technical. Are you kidding? Have yeah. you seen Alvarado the whole game flexing yeah. to everybody? Yeah. Like jumping what is up going and down, on? screaming, yelling at everybody's faces. All he wants is minutes. Oh, yeah. Holiday. Yeah. We'll talk about him in here in a little bit. Yeah. You know, but again, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I understand the Suns didn't play well. Okay. I'll no, say that all. after all that shit, after all the bullshit refereeing, they did not play well. They did not earn a W. But against the way that they lost, I feel like they weren't allowed an opportunity to even try to compete. That's where my frustration comes in. That's what I have to live in, live with yes. for the next two two nights. Well said. You know, seriously. until we get an opportunity to play on Tuesday night, I feel like we weren't even given an, allowed an opportunity to compete because anytime any rhythm or anything happened, our guys were getting pushed and, and prodded around. So if you are going to game five, be fucking loud, Suns fans. Spill your beer. Spill your beer. Throw them at the fucking refs. Go for it. Pull yourself to the court. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Did you see that lady yesterday? Again, yeah. Again. That referee. Yeah, yeah I'm sitting there watching I mean, the it. Like, got him. Yeah, got my her. wife's making dinner, and I'm like, look at this. And some lady just goes running on the court, just getting tackled. I that love security guard was on it, man. I love very, it. Very, very impressive. So, uh, okay. Coming down a little bit, bubs. Coming down a little bit. <sighs> man. All right, so. Let's do some drops here. See, see who played well. The point Just know that nobody played well other than DeAndre Ayton. That's it. He's only <laughs> played well. Uh, Chris Paul, four points, 11 assists, three turnovers in this game. Two of eight from the field. Oh, from three from beyond the arc. And he just, he let Jose Alvarado get into his skin, uh, under his skin, man. You can't do that. You can't do that, CP3. You just can't. Yeah, he's telling him, like, hey, chill out. But why would he when he's getting away with so much shit? So if I'm yeah. Alvarado, I'm not listening to what, what CP3 is saying. And I don't know why CP3 is talking to him so much. Him and Jay Crowder need to just tone it down a little bit. And I thought they did good in the first half where they kept to themselves. And I wanted to yeah. note that at the halftime uh, Spotify little thingy that we do. Tw- um, Twitter. Twitter. Twi- oh, <laughs> my bad. Twitter spaces. Twitter spaces. Um, yeah, so that thing that we do, I wanted to note, like, hey, they're, you know, they're, it's a close game, and I would think that the they would boil over a little bit, but they kept it to themselves, they maintained focus, and then, then they just lost it in the second half, and that's something that you just don't see, especially from Chris Paul. Like, I didn't like him trying to go out to Alvarado to tell him something. Like, you're the vet. Yes. Don't don't mess with this dude. This guy's trying to prove something. He's proved something to us, everybody, that he is there as one of the best defenders in this game right now, in this, this, this series. Mm-hmm. and you can't take away from that you just gotta play your game and someone needs to help chris paul get the ball down the court right yeah i mean when chris paul's when alvarado's in the game on him someone needs to help him i don't care if he takes the ball away gets a second violation like i do care but i mean i don't care if that's gonna happen because they need to just help him out so that does it doesn't happen like i'm just saying like i trust chris paul just as much as anybody else to get the ball down court of course but he still needs help then the lazy passes from jay crowder but the passes from Chris Paul in the first half were, it was really great. Like he he did really great with the first half. As soon as of course he came out with DA, the second team offense looked miserable. Um, so him and DA were the only things in the first half that were nice and shiny, and, and I enjoyed watching. That was basically it. In the second half, as I just said, fell apart. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You don't see that. And maybe we just rely too much. If it wasn't Chris Paul, of course, last game, we would have lost. Maybe we just rely too much on him. And maybe he just needs to give the ball up a little bit more to DA. No, I just, I, Every I, possession. Think, I think what it is. So going back to the Alvarado, you know, talking to him thing, I, I honestly think that Chris Paul, because essentially what was happening, what, what was happening, and I mentioned this on our Twitter space at halftime, is what Alvarado was doing when uh, Chris Paul was coming up the court at times, or was it on offense? I'm trying to remember, or on defense. But essentially what he was doing is he was getting in front of Chris Paul and just stopping, you know? So he, he, Chris Paul's like running into him. And this is, yeah, this is when uh, the Pelicans are on defense or I'm sorry, on offense. So Chris Paul's, you know, behind him and, and, and Alvarado's running. He just stops and like he runs into him and he does it again. He does it again. Like Chris Paul goes up to him after a whistle and he goes like, hey, like s- stop that shit. You're going to, you're going to get me hurt. You know, he's like, cut it out, dude. Like you don't have to like stop every five seconds, you know, like he's trying to go around him and he like hops in front of him and yeah. stops. So he's yeah. kind of telling him like, stop. And then Alvarado is just like, no, man, like get out of my face. Like, I don't want to hear from you. So you're right. Like, why would he listen to Chris Paul if he's not going to whistle for it? Because he should have been whistled for it. He's impeding yeah. the progress of another player on purpose is what he's doing. Okay, so there's there's that side of, of the Chris Paul performance tonight that, you know, again, you, you're right. He's, he's the vet. He needs to act like the vet. He needs to not allow Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones to get in, into his grill. What I think what was interesting, and, and this is the difference, when Aaron Holiday came into the game, you saw Bismack Biombo set a savage pick on Alvarado, right? Mm-hmm. The reason for that is because when Aaron Holiday got the ball at point, he took off running. Chris Paul does his – he takes his time. Yeah. And when he takes his time, it allows Alvarado to see if a pick's coming and to pester. So it's like you almost – if you're Chris Paul, the adjustment, it's a, qu- a quick little adjustment. All you have to do is get the ball and just try to get to the front court as fast as you can. And then because Alvarado's focused on trying to impede your progress – then you could have Jay Crowder, anybody, set a nice good old-fashioned pick on him and knock him off his spot. And he'll probably flop and he'll probably get a call once, but you know what? He'll think about it. Every time Chris Paul starts to take off heading towards that front court, he'll think about that. Jay Crowder could be, you know, his elbow could be waiting for him. And, and that's the difference because Bismack, you know, I, I, Eddie said it on the podcast. He's just like, dude, uh, Bismack needs to come in and just set those screens. It's like it's not Bismack setting the screens. It was our boy Aaron Holiday taking the time to go, okay, this guy's a little pest. Here's what I'm going to do to him is I'm just going to run him right into this motherfucker. On holiday. As uh, who said this in the chat, shout out to Thomas Danette, $10 in the, in the super chat for us. He says, hashtag give holiday minutes. And, uh, Living in North Colorado said, play Holiday, I'm dying from pain. So we can transi- transition from CP3 mm-hmm. into Aaron Holiday, which is random. I never, the thing I never thought I'd be doing in game four of the fucking first round, but thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite part of tonight is Holiday really getting that technical, I, even though it probably shouldn't have been for Devin Booker, who was sitting there and just couldn't do anything about it. Um, I want Holiday and Bismack to start next game. I want these guys on there because they just start. <laughs> Yeah, just start. These guys want to win. I'm just kidding. Of course, I don't want them to start, but I want them to get minutes. <laughs> Holiday, he he just showed in like the last two minutes. Like, I'm here to play defense. I can play. I can be because what I want Cameron Payne to do is kind of be the pesky Alvarado for us. You know, I want him to be the better version of Alvarado. But I think what Holiday can do is actually be that. I think he can be that defensively, and he could play all out all time. Like, 
even offensively. He's not going to make mistakes. It pains in there offensively. Like, of course, you like his connection with McGee in the second unit, mm-hmm. but he's not making his shots. He made I, he made two shots tonight, whatever. I don't know. I'm not even going to look. I don't care about the box score. It's just like everyone has two points, but DA. He made his two <laughs> shots or whatever. So, I mean, if we're going to rely on his two shots every game, we're going to lose. I think it comes down to defense. It comes down to the peskiness, getting on the floor, you know, playing tough, not getting foul calls, but being like the defender to actually get your hand in there. And that's what that's what we need from these guys. That's what we need from Holiday. Like the guys that get on the floor that can make the Suns get the stops, help them get two stops in a row, which I think only happened once tonight. Yeah. And to have those tip balls, get those, you know, and run down the floor, get an easy bucket, or just give your team multiple opportunities before the Pelicans can score a point, which this is that's the way this series should be going. The Pelicans score almost every possession. If they don't, they get the foul called yeah. or also getting the offensive rebound, or else the Suns will turn the ball over or just not capitalize on a stop. So these guys will get you the stops, I feel like. They'll be the pesky guys. So we need a holiday minutes, just like we need a Bismack tonight. We just need that stuff. So Monty needs to make those adjustments. And as much as I don't want to adjust to what the Pelicans are doing, when you're playing without your superstar and MVP caliber player, you got to make these adjustments, I think, going to the next game. Well, you got to find something that's going to give you some offense. I mean, that's what's been killing us. And holiday, I feel, is going to give us more offense right now than pain. You know, straight up three for 10 tonight, you know, three for 10 for Cameron Payne, eight points, over five from deep. The dude's just not having it. He's just not having a series. I mean, it's okay. It sucks. It is what it is. But like, as a head coach, you have to make adjustments. And you can't tell me that Cameron Payne's going to play better defense than Aaron Holiday at this point. You're just not because he's not. And I could pull up the numbers uh, on his defensive rating and his net rating and all that fun stuff. And maybe I'll do that here shortly while you're talking. Uh, but it's just, it's not pretty. It's not pretty so far for Cameron Payne. So throw a curveball in there, match energy with energy. Cause Aaron holiday yeah. brought energy. He brought energy to the point where he got teed up. Cause he, you know, he made a shot that one was and, for Monty. That's for Monty. Not putting him in the game. Yeah. He's like, That's come on, I could have done this, <laughs> you know? And, and, <laughs> Is it sad that we're talking about this and it's gone to this point? Absolutely. But at the same yes. time, like this team, how, how long do you go? Do you, Are you just going to ride your guys until you lose a series? <laughs> you know, or are you going to try to win these games and go, you know what? Champions adjust, right? Champions adjust. And you have to make adjustments in order to be a champion. That sounded very like John Madden. Like first and 10, if you want to get a first down, you need 10 <laughs> yards. Rest in peace, huh? You know, <laughs> rest in peace, John yeah. Madden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's like, I, I don't need you to change all the rotations, but you know, I wrote a, I wrote a piece for bright side of the sun after our podcast the other night, talking about how I think that Tory Craig needs to go away. Cause he's just not doing the series and ish Wayne, right? Needs some minutes because of the physicality yes. he can bring. And yeah. most importantly, the energy that he brings Aaron holiday, Tory Craig, or I'm sorry, Aaron holiday ish Wayne, right? Those are your, those are energy guys. And he's, He's not pulling the trigger on those decisions. And those might be decisions. I'm not saying you play him for 20 fucking minutes. I say you throw him out there for five minutes at a time. You see Alvarado come out there? Put Aaron Holiday out there. Because guess what? They can guard each other. They're both little dudes. And they both have high energy. You know? And they want to fuck each other up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, exactly. They Aaron That's what they run want. right into picks. Man. Yes. Like, Alvarado yes. will think if he's got God. some, if he knows somebody. If Ish, Ish Wainwright's out there setting a pick with those broad shoulders and Aaron Holiday's just booking up the court with the quickness that he possesses, that's a win for the Suns, and you're taking a little bit of pressure after uh, off of Chris Paul. So, 
Yeah, you, you and you could trust Ish. Ish is someone that I feel like I can trust out there. And the way he lost minutes is crazy. I don't know if it's a trust that Monty has in these guys that we picked up. It's like, okay, we'll we'll figure it out one day. We'll get hot one day. Payne can't have four bad games in a row. He had a nice dunk tonight, but these guys just and aren't then he feeling instantly, it. And then he instantly had a bad defensive possession. Instantly. Exactly. Defense is, and I know offensively we need offense, but our defense is just, you cannot count and they can't play tough unless they get a foul call which you know that was happening tonight but th- we cannot count on them to stop these guys from getting to their spot from getting to the rim at all like i don't even want to watch the pelicans on offense because what the suns are doing out there defensively is just horrendous so yeah i mean uh, holistically the way that they're playing defense right now uh they're just not getting as you mentioned matthew they're not getting stops <laughs> when they yeah. do get, and when they do get stops you know it's it, it's a foul I mean, you look 85 possessions for the Pelicans, right? And the Suns had a total of 28 personal fouls. You know, I mean, that's that's like 40, 45 percent. The ratio of possessions to just foul calls is ridiculous. I mean, it's just it doesn't make any sense how as a referee, you can sit there and be like, oh, yeah, this team's clearly mugging the other one. They're clearly mugging the other one. You know, again, I'm okay if you are uh if you're calling it one way or the other, but like when you start to do that kind of shit, it just it unbelievably frustrates me. Uh again, talking about other things, you know, another guy who's having a bad series thus far, uh lights, Cameron, action. Granted, today was probably one of the better Cam Johnson performances. He had 13 points, but he was only four of twelve from the field, three of seven from beyond the arc. He had five rebounds. He had three assists. He had four personal fouls. But more importantly, Matthew, and one of the things that kind of frustrates me is his defense has just not been good, in my opinion. Uh, Currently, through the series, through four games, Cam Johnson has a defensive rating of 123.6. That means he's given up 123.6 points per 100 possessions, and he currently has a net rating that's the second worst on the team or I'm sorry, third worst on the team behind Tory Craig and Landry Shamit of negative 11.2. Cam Johnson has had the opportunity to step up to the plate and has been trash on defense in this series. He has, and uh, Joe does say, and Joe does say in the chat, keep Cam a six man. Need to start. Shaman. That's a good adjust, but uh, but but Shamit gets cooked too, especially by England. Everyone's gets getting cooked. cooked. I don't. There's some. There was really dumb fouls by Cam Johnson tonight. Um. I don't know where to go with any of this, honestly. Uh, my my thing is, I just I'll hold. I think Cameron Johnson is a straight up guy. He's he's a guy that can't really laterally move with a lot of these guys. You need someone that can kind of be down low a little bit longer, like a Bismack Biombo. So I'm thinking, okay, my adjustment would be just to have Biombo play a lot of these minutes where he's playing the four instead of like a Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson, of course, can come in at the three or something, but he need Bismack Biombo to be down there to be annoying and just long and stay on these guys and kind of be a shot blocker too. Cameron Johnson, I just feel like he can't be that guy right now. There's just too much going on. It's too quick for him. It seems like out there right now defensively. So I'll go against the grain on that one because I don't think Biombo is necessarily the answer. The Phoenix Suns so have won the points in the paint battle this entire series. They won again tonight, 56 to 54. It's not the interior that's hurting the Suns. It's the mid-range and the threes that have been hurting the Suns. The threes in game two, and then what Brandon Ingram does in like game three. Cameron Johnson just needs to recognize where he can, and again, this is 
you know, when, when you're getting called for every foul, you're not allowed to be played physical. That's where his defensive, uh, th- that's where he's effective defensively, right? Is when he's allowed to play a little physical, when he can use yeah. that big body. You know, if you have Brandon Ingram, who's constantly trying to go right, and you jump him going right, and you you negate him from going that way, then guess what? You, you're effective on defense. But when you're called for a foul on that play, then you're not going to do that anymore because you're being penalized for doing so. Same thing with like Alvarado. Once you get penalized for doing something, you stop doing it, right? Consequence to an action. In this case, I really feel like he isn't – he's over. He's just overmatched. These guys are just a little too quick for him. Yeah, Everyone on too the, much for him. They're, they're just a little too athletic for him, and there's no one you can really – because you look, I mean, and here's the other side. God, I'm like all over the place. I'm just so pissed tonight. I'm so sorry, James. Well, we're trying to figure this out. Yeah, I'm just, it's only three It's more hard games. to go live right after a How's game. How's it going to And they, they can't get kicked out. They just squeeze this one out. So we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. it's just, On the fly. It's like you see plays where Alvarado gets switched on to Cam Johnson and they don't do anything. Like that right there should be get him the ball and just back down, back down, back down. Because guess what? Alvarado's going to go for that reach across shit, and you could probably get his hand caught in the cookie jar and get a couple fouls on him that way. The fact yeah. that we've got to spend this much time talking about Jose Alvarado's <laughs> fucking defense is ridiculous. Well, it's what we get, the disrespect I guess we had on him early in the series, which yeah. is not disrespect. When we talk bad about a player, it's because he is annoying, and the yes. respect's there it's because like, he's, pes- he's He's basically the Jay Crowder, of the, but Jay Crowder, of course, is not making the winning plays defensively. Well, he's trying, but then Alvarado is, so... He, he's making the winning plays. And what we're trying to do right now, like when I'm saying Bismack, hey, can Bismack just do something, you know, to keep up with these guys? I'm just talking about tipping the ball away, not committing the fouls, just yeah. doing something a little extra, like making that extra, the little couple inches difference in length to get that ball tipped away. Or I don't know, just there has the to be problem something. With, the problem with these Bismack, runouts, though, going. the problem with Bismack is if, if you try to go with one of those large lineups, now granted, it depends on who's uh, playing for the Pelicans, but if you try to go with one of those large lineups where you got, DA and Bismack out there or JaVale McGee and Bismack out there or mm-hmm. JaVale and DA uh, who are the only effective offensive scores in this entire fucking series is what the Pelicans will do is they'll just run a high screen and roll, get a switch going and then have Brandon Ingram on either Bismack or JaVale and he'll just blow right by him. I mean, that that's what'll happen. So you, you have to kind of keep the, that, that wing depth mm-hmm. at the, at the ready. You just need your wings to perform better on both sides of the ball. That's the issue right now both sides of the ball they're just not performing well we're, we're having a tough time tonight. yeah <laughs> i mean just trying to figure this out i just i don't know they come out and shoot 50 percent from three then we'll be okay but i don't know if it's ever gonna happen yeah tell me about it man I, w- I really wish it would happen i just i don't know man the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout So there I was. <laughs> there he is. Cheer you up. This will cheer you up, Chancers. All right. So there I was. John's the, the best wig looking dude ever. There I was on the, the the New Orleans Pelican subreddit tonight, hanging out, spying, if you will, trying to gather some intel. Maybe it'll help us help us win this game, win this series. Here's what I found. One of the first comments. <laughs> Bandwagon Pelican fans are back with their play Zion takes when I just want the team on the court to keep showing the world how much the team has improved this season. What I found interesting about that comment, Matthew, 
This is a good point about bandwagon. <laughs> okay. What? It's a... no, you. I I couldn't wait for you to start wearing a wig because you have you you just wear wigs so well. I don't know what it is. I love your wigs. <laughs> it's because uh, I was born. To, I was born to have hair, but my genetics said otherwise. <laughs> um. <laughs> But this is a good point about bandwagon fans. You know, like, welcome to the playoffs. Bandwagon fans are going to start showing up. Oh, hair in my mouth. <laughs> so gross. Oh, bandwagon fans are going to start to show up, right? Which is okay. Like, I love you, bandwagon fans. If you're new to this podcast, thank you. Welcome. Uh, subscribe. Rate. Review. It's great to hear from your friends who, you know, you don't normally talk to. And, and that's the beauty of the playoffs is it brings everybody together, right? Mm. But at the same time. Just like they said in the New Orleans Pelicans subreddit, their bandwagon fans are showing up and they're just like, hey, play Zion. And like, like, don't give me your shitty takes to my to bandwagon fans. Like, welcome to the bandwagon of the Phoenix Suns. I don't want to hear any one of your shitty takes. I have friends who reach out to me and start texting me and they're like, give me their recaps at the end of every quarter. I haven't heard from these motherfuckers all season. And they're like, here's my thoughts on the third quarter. I'm like, I don't care, dude. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> yeah, those are hard to <laughs> You just hear the ding on your phone. It's like, all yeah. right. Uh, but I wanted to mention too with the Pelicans, like, everyone's talking about the play in, you know, this team has 36 wins. This is the importance. Like, even if they don't win the series, like the Suns in the bubble, like, this can do wonders for you in years four, going years four. Like, it'll be great progress oh, absolutely. going into next year. If And if they win the series, like, fuck, dude. Well, think back to like the Warriors in like 2000, was it 12 or 13 when they had to play like the Clippers? You know, and they got bounced, but they put up a great series against them. And then they came out after that. They were like a great team. You can definitely mm-hmm. see that with the Pelicans. Like if the Suns don't put them away and they oust them in the first round, guess what? This team's going to be back next year and they're going to be stronger. So, oh, yeah. all right. More subreddit. <laughs> subreddit. Like, there's so much hair everywhere. I'm sorry for those who are listening. I put on a Wednesday Adams wig. That's what I'm <laughs> rocking in this one. So I look kind of emo. I kind of look like Johnny Depp on the on the stand. Yeah, you do. Uh, somebody said, "Would I be wrong if I said DeAndre Ayton is the greatest player ever?" Which brings us. Watch. DeAndre Ayton in this game, eleven of 14, 23 points, had eight rebounds. Fantastic performance by him. He had ten points in the first card- quarter. He had four in the third. In the second. He had a total of uh, how many in the third here? Three in the third, and in the fourth quarter, DA had six. But that—that's what they said on the subreddit on the subreddit stakeout. They're like, "Is DeAndre Ayton the greatest player ever?" And somebody else said he can't miss. Thoughts on DA tonight? Well, I mean, he's the guy that rocks my notes every time I write anything about DA. He gets his own special section where I go first quarter by second quarter by third quarter just because that's how special he is. Tell me about those notes, Matthew. Well, they stopped basically after the second quarter because I think he needs I – can't, I can't say this stuff because it's already been said too many times and someone will shout out, hey, you want to trade him last year, whatever, fuck you. DA needs the ball every possession. He just really does. These shots he's throwing up, uh, the fadeaway that he was covered on when he went three for four to input in the game. Like, those are just shots he hasn't thrown up all year long, but that's what he has. That's how good he is. And I think when he's really feeling it, like in these games, the last two games, just keep giving. What do you have to lose? No one's yeah. making anything from three, no one's making their jump shots. You're, they're left alone standing out there because they know the Suns are not competent enough to get those shots up. And they're not, they just, they're wide open gym shots. 
And DeAndre Ayton is down there. He is anything that he throws up there against Big V. It might look bad, but it is better than anything else we have out there. He Facts. needs to touch the ball every possession. That's the one thing that drove me nuts. Like everyone wants a 40 piece or whatever. They need to do that. Booker's out. You got to get those points from somewhere. I just, I don't know what other option you have. If he starts missing his shots, that's not going to happen because he doesn't do that. He's just so good and efficient. And yeah, he's not the best player of all time, but he's probably going to be one of the most efficient players in the history of the NBA when it's all said and done, obviously. Well, <laughs> well I'll tell you this. Yeah, you need to start running your offense through him because the way that he has been dissecting Jonas Valanciunas and Larry Nance, for that matter, any, anyone they put on him, the way that he's been dissecting them, I said it in the last podcast. If you keep getting them the ball, those defenses are going to collapse on him. His gravity, his gravity will be great, and it'll open up more options for the team. You know, he ended tonight uh, with a total of how many assists? Any? Uh, let me see. He had one assist, six rebounds. <laughs> he had eight rebounds. That's even wrong too. <laughs> he had eight I was rebounds. To get it before he, had, he had right. one assist. And that's what I was really hoping in this game. I was hoping for like a six assist game because the Suns were focused on trying to feed him the ball. Uh, and they didn't in this game. And, and shame on the Suns. I mean, that's the opportunity. That's the adjustment. He's clearly the one part of this offense that is a good go-to. Use that in your advantage. So force them to double, force them to collapse, and then open up other things. You know, we talked about it on the Twitter space at halftime. What made this team effective was uh, in the first half was Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges cutting. All that stuff went away in the second half, man. All that stuff went away. So, yeah, and for, just really quick. Um, so, who we're feeding out there is Mikael Bridges four for four for eleven, Jay Crowder three for seven, Cameron Johnson four for twelve, Cameron Payne uh, three for ten, Javale McGee seven for seven. So him and yes. him and Aiden, Aiden's eleven for fourteen this game. Why do you not just keep going back to so eighteen it? of twenty one from our bigs? <laughs> Why do you not just keep going? It's the one thing that's working. Why try to get someone else that's hot? Who gives a fuck? If they're wide open and DA can find them, then fine. Give them the ball. But other than that, keep giving these bigs the ball because they can't stop it. Yeah, the, the fact that DeAndre Ayton had 14 field goals attempt field goal attempts in this Disgusting. game is a crime. It's a crime, Monty Williams. It's a crime. I'm done with it. If we lose the series and we see this again, I'm done. This podcast, oh, John, you can do what you want to do with your wigs. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll continue the subreddit stakeout. Sorry. And like I said, the Jay Crowder hate was real coming from New Orleans. Crowder has already missed some flopportunities, one Redditor said. I hope he's feeling okay. I'd hate to see anything bad happen to him. Okay. Um, somebody else. Not a Pels fan, but just wanted to drop in and say, fuck Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's a fucking clown. Bucks fan here to drop in just to note how, or, or Bucks fan had to drop in just to know just how fucking insufferable Crowder is to watch. Can't be beaten, can't beat anyone, and plays the refs like a low-level Italian soccer player. Fuck that guy. Yep. You know what? Well, no one likes him. Yeah, no one likes him. And if he had hit Except one more Obama. three-pointer, he would have got his he would have got his drop back tonight. Yeah, no and one he'll... likes Chris Paul or Jay Crowder other than Obama. I feel like, and Devin Booker. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's, <laughs> That's it. all. Those are the only people that like him. Speaking about Brandon Ingram, a guy who in this game ended with a total of 30 points on 11 of 23 shooting, one for five from deep, seven of 10 from the free throw line, because that's what happens when you go down the line. Seven of 10 for him, seven of 10 for, uh, or seven of 11 for Jonas Valanciunas, seven for eight for Herbert Jones. I mean, everyone had fucking seven makes in this game for the New Orleans Pelicans. 
But one Redditor said, who else has taken Brandon Ingram over Kevin Durant? I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. A couple couple more things. A couple more things. Um, yeah. I'm the biggest Pels homer, and I'm just going to say that after this big run, everything we get is difficult. They get open looks on most possessions. Talking about the Suns. If they can hit a three, this is a sweep. I love Willie, but the defensive scheme needs to adapt. We're getting lucky with all these missed open threes. We need to figure out how to defend their pick and roll action and how to space the floor a bit. And that's the answer right there. Yes, yes. That's the answer. We are getting shots that we want. We're just not doing it. We're not executing on those drops. And Dave King brought it up too uh, through the little chat we have going on for Brightside where he just can't get over the fact that the Suns are shooting so bad. Yeah. It's insane because they are just wide open. That's probably the most frustrating part. It's just they're not hitting their shots. So yeah, they're just they're not hitting anything. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that was the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I can never have hair. It gets in my mouth the whole time. So annoying. So annoying. Uh, but you're but you're right. I mean, the the lack of shooting for the Phoenix Suns, and don't get me wrong, it went both ways in this one, right? Like the Pelicans were six of twenty-four from beyond the arc for twenty-five percent. This the Suns were seven of twenty-seven for twenty-five point nine percent. But again, that's not the Phoenix Suns. That's that that's not what we're used to. This team, the Phoenix Suns, from three pointer. Uh, they sh- they typically shoot 36.4%. They were the ninth best team in the league, whereas the Pelicans, you know, they're the 27th best team in the league when it comes to th- the beyond the arc. We should be crushing them in that metric, and we're just not. Yeah. Um, oh, really quick, too. Um, you know, usually, yeah, it's not always the greatest, but they Suns usually just hit the threes and the big shots when they need to stop runs and they need to get the stops. So we're not used to seeing this where they can't get the stops and then the big shots. Yes. So it's the two combined. And as Jam says in the chat, uh, watching these threes get blocked is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Herb Jones' length. Yeah, well, what they're not. And, yeah, but and they're Eddie said it. Too. Eddie said it on the broadcast. He's like, just pump fake. It's like all you gotta do is pump. You know, if Herb Jones is on you, you know that he's gonna come flying in because that's how he gets his blocks, right? I mean, Herb Jones ended with three block shots, and I think all of them mm. were on three pointers. They were. So throw- Sons aren't real ball players, dude. What? They're not real ball. They're not real. They, they should know this. They're just, they're so, they, they're not confident enough to have the pump, do the pump fake and then get to the rim. They're not, they should know to do that, but they don't do it because they're like, Oh, open shot. Even though they're hesitant, the pass is late and they shoot it way too late. And the pass is like off. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not coming right to their shooting motion. It's being delivered a little bit behind they're just throwing them. shit up there. They don't know what they're doing out there. Yeah, I tell you, so again, anyways. unbelievably frustrating. An- another uh, <laughs> observation in this game was the fact that the Pelicans were really focused on getting Jonas Valanciunas involved, right? And I mentioned this in the uh, Twitter space that we did at halftime. Again, follow us at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can join us at halftime where we're talking about what we've seen in the first half. Jonas Valanciunas ends tonight with 9 for 15 from the field for 26 points, 7 from 11, as I mentioned, from the free throw line, 15 total rebounds, 5 of those on the offensive boards, uh, 1 for 1 from deep. The The adjustment that Willie Green made in this game is the 32 minutes that Jonas Valanciunas played, he did his best to try to match him up against the 12 minutes that that JaVale McGee played, right? Yeah. Yeah. Willie knows that DA's playing the five 
for, you know, at least in the last game, you know, about 32 to 34 minutes or 36 minutes. And the other 12 minutes are going to go to JaVale McGee. So he subs him out a little bit early. And then once JaVale McGee comes in the game with about four or five minutes left in the third quarter, or I'm sorry, in the first quarter, he brings Jonas Valanciunas right in because, uh, one, McGee isn't going to take him to task as much on offense, although McGee, McGee did do that tonight. But he can own him defensively. And once once they put uh, McGee in and Valanciunas came in, it was a bunch of backdowns. Exactly what the Suns should be doing with DA consistently, just abusing him, abusing him, abusing him, and getting foul calls and putting the Suns in foul trouble. Yeah, they were. And I didn't really want Monty to match where Big V's playing, but there's too many times I'm like, why is Aiden not just playing 48 minutes in this game or playing the minutes that Big V's playing? Because that's the only way to stop him. And I saw that McGee is like, yeah, he was trashed offensively, I guess, but like he can only do so much, man. He's a backup mm-hmm. center. He's playing against a huge dude. And he's well, he playing, playing against the starting playing you know, lights guy. out offensively. Yeah, he's playing lights out offensively. McGee's doing as much as he can in the series. It's up to Monty really to match McGee. You don't want to do it. I never wanted to do this, but you we're throwing things out here that we never wanted to talk about, but it's anything to get past these Pelicans. And I think it's just have to play eight more minutes against Big V. Just maybe all the minutes. Just match them up. I think it's a good idea. Match them up. Uh, but then, of course, they have Larry Nance Jr. coming in playing that small ball five. And his athlete, you know, athletically, he can give McGee fits because he can be more of a perimeter player. This so, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. You know, again, it does. This is why you're right. You're I know right. People man. were giving me shit. I got some shit on Twitter when I said that I wanted I, the Clippers instead of the Pelicans. I said yeah. that and somebody's like, oh, look at this clown at the nine minute mark saying that he wants, you know, trying to say they read out of the Clippers. I'm like, the Pelicans are a long team. They're an annoying team. That grabs offensive rebounds, which is always frustrating in the playoffs. I wrote a, I, I was in an article for Brightside. I wrote about that. You know, I'm like, I just, it's, it's not the matchup that I wanted. Of the four teams that we could potentially could have played, they were the one I wanted least. I wanted the Spurs first. I, I wanted uh, the Timberwolves actually second. Um, obviously, you know, with Devin Booker healthy, and then I wanted the Clippers third, and then I wanted the Pelicans. And it's just for these reasons. They got a bunch of strong rookies who are too dumb to give a shit. Uh, They got two great scores that they go back and forth, just like the Suns typically have in the fourth quarter. You know, if Devin Booker's healthy, we got two guys. It's hard to defend in the fourth. And then when you hit shots like Brandon Ingram's been hitting in this series, it's just ridiculous. It's tough. It just makes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough draw in the first round. Now, granted, you take a look at all the other series going on right now, and Outside of only Brooklyn, Brooklyn's the only team that hasn't won a playoff game. Isn't that crazy? No, it's not because I picked them to win the series. <laughs> it's hard to watch, man. I don't know if that's really Boston's defense or just them not knowing what the hell to do offensively. They look a lot more like the Suns, though, to tell you the truth. Don't they, population. They, they just don't. They, they're like, oh, a basketball? What? What do I do? Just like try to dribble it between my legs? I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I know. It's like, what now? You know, but... <laughs> All that being said, you know, that that's why I didn't want to play this team. And but other teams are having the same struggles. Like, you know, like Memphis, they're two two with Minnesota. Uh Denver got one today against the the Warriors, you know. So yeah, I mean a- anything's possible. And again, you know, Jam just said it in the chat. He says, I mean, the bottom line is we split, and and that's that that that's where we can all bring our tempers down. You know, we can we can utilize our podcast, Matthew, to put all that fuck you energy out there when it comes to the refereeing, when it comes to the shitty play by the Suns. But at the end of the day, we're still tied, you know, and we got two days until the next game, Tuesday night, we play again and it's at home and you, the energy better be high. 
And the Suns, I mean, that you don't want to say must win because the only must win is when you're facing elimination. But like that becomes a pretty much a must win for me, right? Or for you, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, man. A must win. And just kill him, man. Did we do Jamstar yet? Nope. No, no, we haven't got there yet. Jeez, 54. Jeez, it's already 54 minutes. Who's your Jamstar? <laughs> it doesn't matter! Ah, I got you. Yeah, you, you pump faked me. me. Yeah, you I pump faked me. Jam star of the game. Who is your jam star of the game? <laughs> oh man, it's this dude behind me, man. DeAndre Aiden himself. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, who else would it he, be? It, it, honestly, <laughs> a second person who would it be? You know, it was. It doesn't matter. It hurts every time. It hurts. You know, it doesn't look like it's much, but it, it hurts deep Feels down. good to laugh again. <laughs> Feels good to laugh again. <sighs> I like how Coach Ball and Founder is like Holiday and DA. I agree with that, dude. If it's a, if you have to oh, give it to a I loved one. Holiday. Last two minutes I was did, my favorite man. part of the game. Yeah, he wanted to fucking fight he's, everybody in he's, there. He's the first one to come in. He's the first one to come in next game, I think. He's got to be, man. He's got to be. be. Yeah, Payne, we believe in you, I guess, but come on. We need that fight. We need someone that actually is going to play some defense and just be pesky. Just be pesky. Just bring speed to the game. You know, because, again, with Cameron Payne, it's like uncontrollable speed. You know, like he's not – he's – I I don't – after Tiger 25, it matters to me, Lissy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's great you know, thank you i appreciate that um and um so if da you know um a lot of teams have a player like da where they're very efficient keep giving the ball like a brandon ingram so you know give him the ball like that's that's why he's my jam star of the game it's just but it's a big letdown he earned the trophy tonight from me but he doesn't want it he's back there. he's like no no next game i'll i'll really earn it what did <sighs> say I'm just pissed. Who do you have? I'm still, I'm still. Oh, it's DA. It's DA every, you know, all day, you know, and it's like, this is the world we live in, Jamsters. You know, everyone talking shit about DA. He fumbles the ball. You know, he's the one consistent thing, just like he was last playoffs. The one yep. consistent thing that we have going for I, us. I put money on him for finals MVP. So that's how much I believe in him. Right? If, Does that if count? We get, if, if we get there, it's going to have to be him. Game five adjustments. We talked about it a little bit. Um, I definitely think that, like we said, you need somebody to take Jose Alvarado out of his game. Um, fans, take him out of his game. Yell at him. I don't care if it gets him more hyped up. He won't be jumping around like an idiot uh, after every play, after every offensive foul that he, that he doesn't get called for. You know, yell at him if you're sitting up there. I know, Justin, I know you're going to the game from Fan of the Flames. Be loud. Yell at that dude. Uh, and try to get him in situations where you're, just, you're, you're throwing picks at him, you know? Um you got to run the you got to run the offense through DA a little bit more next game. You have to. That guy's got to put up at least twenty shots, man. At least twenty shots, right? Yeah, yeah, he has to be. And uh, you know, of course, it's like make your shots. But the things the Suns were doing good in the first quarter was like the point five offense or whatever. Like they were making decisions. Like just you know, Shamit, stop pulling the ball down and passing over. Keep shooting. Keep getting those ball. If you're gonna have the opportunity, you're not feeding DA. Just make sure you make a quick decision to shoot the ball. Stop being so hesitant. Remember how to play basketball and give DA the ball every time. But if you're not, take the shot. And if he gives yes. you the ball, take the shot. Wherever you're yes. at, get to your spot and hit those shots. Amen. Hit those shots. Carlos Miramon. <laughs> what? No, it's just like it's easier said than done, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's been the challenge I the entire series. I folded. I'm really at secure tonight. <laughs> it's like my two nice like, secure. Yeah. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Carlos Miramone in the chat says 73% of all game five winners win the series. So it's an important game. You know, that's... <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't so, know what to expect. Yeah, you know, like I... It'll take it'll take tonight to, to to cool down. I'll be pissed off tomorrow morning. Sorry for my coworkers when I see you in the morning. I'll be pissed off a little bit, uh, but I'll I'll work myself through it. And then, you know, by the end of tomorrow, I'll be accepted. You know, acceptance will occur. We'll probably hear some things uh, relative to how the Phoenix Suns are going to make some adjustments here and there. And then, right before tip off, I'll be just fucking. It'll, game five will be one of the games where I just don't sit down. Like I guarantee you that. I guarantee that I will not be sitting down that whole game because I will be pacing and it's sad because it's the first round, but you know what? Welcome to playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, at least, at least we get to feel these feelings, right? We went 11 seasons. Yeah. With, like talking about the draft right now. So the love you put out there for somebody and it's just, it's heartbreaking when they just don't love you back. Yeah. Well, story of the Suns, huh? Uh, I think that's it on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks ladies and gentlemen for joining us. Thank you, Matthew, for not mattering. Um, and thank you to everybody for who, jo- who joined us during our Twitter space at halftime. Again, follow us at Suns Jam on Twitter. Uh, one thing that we put out there is whatever percentage that Jay Crowder shot from beyond the arc in this game is the percentage off of the markup that we would have on our Redbubble page. So he went 33% from beyond the arc in this game. He did not earn his drop back. He did not hit two, but we still are going to discount everything 33% on the Suns Jam Session Redbubble page. The link is on the YouTube comments uh, description down below. So check that out. I'll be updating those prices here once I get off this podcast. Those will be live through Game 5. So go. You can get our new Sickos shirt. Uh, you can get the this one. This one of my favorite ones I got. It's the, the one that got the lineup. Paul Booker, Brown, you know, the, the, the team and such, which is great for audio. People can see it, see it. But uh, thank you to Jay Crowder for 33% off. I wish it was 100% off. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here tonight, Matthew? No. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go home and love your family. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.